All right. Let's grab our seats. Our church loves to talk. I reckon we could have standing group for 10 minutes and no one would notice that it went for 10 minutes. Seriously. It's great. How beautiful. This is such a kind of precious time of the year, I, I feel. Um, especially in between Christmas and New Year. We always have a much smaller service, but it feels really family. It feels, I don't know, it just feels great. And so I want to just share this morning from my heart. It's the end of the year, but it's also the end of this decade. Yeah, so we're about to go into a whole new decade. And uh, it's, it's crazy, you know, when you get to the end of the year, I mean, I'm sure you all feel it and see it and hear it, but it seems like there's weariness everywhere. <laughs> Even today I say, how was your Christmas? Oh, it was great, but oh, it was exhausting. And, you know, and the, it's like everyone says the same thing. And so there's weariness everywhere. We, we live at this frantic sort of pace of life, uh, especially in Australia. I really notice the difference when I go to Indonesia, especially to Ambon, where Brahm is from. It's a little island, and so there's this islander lifestyle. You, can't, you just can't be that frantic. There's nothing to be really that frantic about. Um, but, you know, in, in Australia, we've just got so many things. We've got work parties. We've got family parties. We've got extended family parties. We've got people interstate. We've got so many different needs, haven't we? And we're, we're constantly trying to meet needs around us as well as meet our own needs. And, and yet uh, here we are at the end of 2019, and we are preparing to go into a whole new decade. And it's looming before us. And I kind of feel excited about what's about to happen. I just feel like we are positioned as Christians and as believers to see something really profound happen over this next decade. Um, you know, there are different needs around us, both near and far. We have needs locally. We have needs in our own families. We all know that. We have needs in our own lives, in our own marriages, in our families. It just sort of starts here and just goes out further and further. We have needs nationally. We see the terrible bushfires that are happening, uh, you know, in Australia, just so devastating and burning places that I used to visit growing up in South Australia. They were not that far away from where I grew up in the foothills of South Australia and to hear that they're burning and it's, it's really devastating. Um, but also internationally, we just see and hear so many needs around us. And it's, it's amazing how we're so much more connected nowadays through social media, the news we're connected. Whereas when I was your age, when, back in the olden days, you know, when I was your age, when I was a young girl, um, we, didn't, we didn't have the internet, obviously. We, I didn't even have television until I was about 10. And so our whole family grew up really just listening to the radio and even then we didn't really have much time to listen to the radio and it was dad who would have it going while he was gardening or putting in aggie pipes or something that he was always doing and so we're in a world now that's full of news and media and we're hearing things and so we're overwhelmed by news and information and this this need to feel like we can be the answer or that we we need to be the answer and um, it can be a little bit overwhelming but I believe that in the midst of the weariness and the sense of being inundated by all this information, I believe that the key is to just keep giving out even more. And I want to just talk about that. I just want to share from my heart. I am going to be short this morning. And, uh, but I really believe that the key for us is to be ready to serve people, 
to serve in whatever way we can. Um, I, I love to serve. I love to serve practically. I love to serve my family. Um, I tell my children I live to feed my children, and they all laugh because they know that I only feed them. I cook for them once a year, but I do love... I do. <laughs> so Christmas is the only time they get all the meals that they like, the cakes that they like, the pads, that, and all that sort of stuff, and then I shut up shop for the rest of the year. But, um, but I love, on an everyday basis, I love to create an atmosphere in our home. And, uh, you know, from, from a beauty point of view, I, I love to serve my family. I love serving... Ah, I'm going to cry. I love serving you guys in the church in this capacity. I love feeding you. I love teaching you. You know, I might not be the one that sits with you for three hours and talks through your problems, but I love teaching you and I love equipping you because that's the way I'm, I'm wired. And I love doing this. You know, we're technically on holidays, but I, I love standing up here and, and doing this today. For me, it's, it's a great privilege. I also love serving my community. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, probably a, a bit of a, a doer in that sense. Um, you know, we've possibly most, most of you don't know that I'm actually involved in chaplaincy, and so I'm a volunteer chaplain. So when there are crises and that sort of thing, they, they call me out and they'll email us, you know, in the, in the peak time of our holidays and whatever to see our availability and uh, whether we're available. And I always say yes, if I'm in the country, I always say yes, I'm available. And because when there are things going on around us, like even for instance, this bushfire um, season that we're seeing at the moment, it's just, we're just seeing sheer devastation everywhere we look and you turn on the TV, there's just so much loss. And sometimes even just watching it and hearing the stories uh, and recognizing the suburbs and the places and then hearing from my family in Sydney about, about what they're going through up there. Sometimes the human despair it can be quite overwhelming, but as a chaplain, it's, it's really amazing to be able to serve people. And so I'm on call for these kind of events. Even for interstate, they ask, are you available interstate if, if it's possible? And there's nothing more incredible or amazing uh, than feeling and having the privilege of being immersed in a place where people need people. I think people needing people is one of the greatest aspects of humanity that we as modern day people are kind of missing out on. Just people needing people. And so I love serving practically from that point of view. And, uh, but I also love serving spiritually, but really you can't separate spiritual from practical. So, you know, even just recently talking to some friends and, uh, who don't go to church, um, and they just suddenly started talking to me about this emptiness that they feel. And they say, you know, it's crazy. You sort of get to this stage in life and you feel like you've got everything. Uh, you've got, you know, beautiful homes and all the gadgets that you need. And yet this person said to me, but I feel kind of empty on the inside and I feel a bit dissatisfied. Um, and this person actually said to me, it seems like more people are looking for God. And so even there, as I listened to this person saying this to me, I sat there thinking, Lord, how can I serve this need? And the answer isn't just, oh, let me take them to church. I actually am the church to them first. I, I am the hands and feet of Jesus. See, serving requires sacrifice. And it's easy to say, oh, come to my church and let somebody else, whatever, but it, it takes sacrifice to actually be the hands and feet of Jesus. So for this person, I was quite shocked that they said this to me. I thought, I sat there, my brain was ticking over, thinking, how can I facilitate this? How can I be so right here and now be Jesus to you and in this season for your life. And, um, 
But you know, that's why it's the greatest privilege of being immersed, like I said, in a place where people need people. And people are realizing more and more they, they've got all their stuff, they've got all their things, they've got all the... We're a very affluent, successful nation. We have a lot of stuff. I, I, I think even in comparison to America, where we have a lot of amazing things that we have here and um, in our society, and yet still people feel that emptiness. So, you know, I love to serve. Practically, I love to serve spiritually and think how I can lead somebody into that place of connecting with God. But even that requires a practical uh, example of who Jesus is. And I love to serve prayerfully. So I'm just sort of sharing some of the ways that I really love to serve. And, um, you know, just a week before Christmas, and I think this is why it's amazing that we as Christians have the privilege of having the Holy Spirit leading us. And I'm just trying to show how simple it is to actually serve and find your area of passion and serve in it. Uh, but just a week before Christmas, I woke up, we were really quite exhausted, and yet I woke up this particular morning at about 4.30, and I sat bolt upright in bed, and I was wide awake, and I, um, and I just started to pray, because I often recognize that when this happens, God's trying to get my attention. So I just began to pray, and I, I didn't feel caution, but I did feel alert. And so I began to pray over our family, over the church, and I specifically targeted our grandchildren who were, who were living with us at that particular point. And I began to pray over, over, over the kids. And, um, you know, and I've learned that it's really important to hear the Holy Spirit and to recognize, not so much hear, but recognize that the Holy Spirit's prompting you, you know. I remember once when we were on holidays and we're, Brahm and I were having so much fun and totally chilled and I got a call or a text actually both from Bernadette and separately also from Nicoletta and both of them said separately um, and independently of each other that they felt a real caution, they'd woken up with quite a, a tension in them and a caution and they both were praying and I said to Brahm, okay well we missed out on that feeling, we didn't get that one but I knew straight away not to ignore that and to shove that aside and so we, I think we were sitting in the resort at the breakfast table and I said, Brian, we better pray. And so we prayed together just at the table, said, Lord, whatever this is, we just thank you, you know, and we just prayed something really simple, but we agreed together with whatever they were praying. By that evening, something had happened. I can't even remember now what it was, but I remember thinking, oh my gosh, that is why the Holy Spirit was getting them to pray. So I've learned that it's really important that we listen to those moments and just do it. Just go ahead and do what, what, what you're feeling to do. And so this particular week before Christmas, just a few weeks ago, I was praying for the kids. And, um, and then, of course, it was the last day of school and we were having a great day. We'd gone down to see the kids for their last assembly. And, and then this mum that we had just met uh, took our older two grandkids, Connor and Lucy, and her and her kids and some other kids. So she had six kids in this car with her. And anyway, took them down to a particular thing. Jess was um, busy doing something else. And so she took these kids off to her, an after-school thing to celebrate the end of year. A few hours later, uh, I found out that as this precious lady was driving through Belgrave, as she was turning left at a particular roundabout, um, there was a huge truck that lost control that came down through the roundabout and if she'd kept going, she would have been the first one to intersect and would have, that truck would have ploughed through their car. And instead she turned left right at that split second and this truck came out, I don't know if anyone saw it on the news, but it catapulted and went over and went sideways onto the roundabout and I think about five cars 
uh, piled up and five people were taken to hospital. And of course the kids were completely shaken. She was the first one on the scene and called the triple uh, zero. But, and, and obviously very shaken, I think Lucy cried for 15 minutes straight, it, was, it, was, it would have been terrifying. But her thing was, if I'd kept going, I would have been the target of that, that truck, out of control truck. And straight away I remembered how I prayed that morning. And I said it to her, because I thought, you know, I, I know that God has protected you, and I'm going to be bold. I don't care if you hate me or you reject what I say, but I'm going to let you know. And I said, you know what, I prayed this morning, it's amazing, and I believe God protected you guys. And I do believe that. I, I, that's what I believe, and I think there's power. So I love to serve prayerfully. And this is how, these are aspects of how we, we learn to serve. You know, Titus 3.14 says this, and I just want to share a few scriptures, and then we're going to pray, because as we go into this next year and even into this next decade, we want to see people mobilized into the area of their passions and being able to serve people. But this is what Titus 3.14 says, and let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. See, God wants us to be fruitful people. It's great that we come to DMS, we learn about who we are in Christ, we learn how we get free, but if it just stops there, we're like the Dead Sea. We're like water coming in, but it just sort of stagnates and it becomes a stench. We have to be people that give out. In fact, it's in the giving out that the real blessing is found. It's as we just begin to serve and serve and serve and serve. Mark 9.35 says this, Sitting down, he, being Jesus, called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he shall be the last of all and be servant of all. See, this is the secret of the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's in serving. Luke 22:24 says this, And there arose also a dispute among them as to which one of them was re regarded to be greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But it is not this way with you. But the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest and the leader like the servant. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. So in other words, we're to be the least. We're not meant to be the greatest, we're meant to be the least. We're meant to serve. This is the heart of Jesus. This is the heart that we want to carry as a church. This is the heart. So I, I, I believe that we need to be ready to love sacrificially as a people, as a family, as husbands, as wives, as parents. You know, we learn to love sacrificially means that we give until it hurts. Giving is giving, but sacrificial giving means it hurts. We give until it hurts. We turn the other cheek until it stings, until it's painful. We serve, and when we feel like we can't serve anymore, guess what? We serve again. This is the secret, I believe, to a joy-filled life. Because the, the more we live just for ourselves in this very affluent, successful country of ours, and it's great, it's a blessing from God. We all live in the blessing of God. It becomes very easy to drift from the aspect of giving out to others because it's too easy to slip into looking after me and looking after number one. But we can do it all. We can look after our needs. We can look after what we, we can do that so easily living in Australia. 
But the key, I really believe, to a joy-filled life, especially going in to this next decade, because the world's going to get crazier. <laughs> we all know that. It doesn't take a prophet to say that. But I believe that the next decade, the more we learn to serve, I don't mean serving Melbourne life. I'm not talking about that. You are Melbourne life. Serve the people around you in your lives. I'd rather become less and less needy of people to serve in here and just simplify everything we do so that our service is actually to people out there and to one another. To me, that's what church should be like. That is church. It's not making it so big and complicated in here for our production that we need you all to serve. No. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'd rather, I'd rather go just to a guitar or a keyboard and Brahm and I lead worship. No, you wouldn't want that. But, you know, simplify everything and just teach everyone to give where they are, where they live. But to really love sacrificially, we've got to learn to give until it hurts. Matthew 5, 38 to 44 says this. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. Wow, this is the heart. Luke 17, 7 to 10 says, But which of you having a slave plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he comes in from the field, come immediately and sit down to eat? But will he not say to him, prepare something for me to eat and properly clothe yourself and serve me while I eat and drink? And afterward, you may eat and drink. He does not thank the slave because he did the things which were commanded, does he? So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded you, say this. This is the heart that we have to have as servants. We are unworthy slaves. We have done only that which we ought to have done. See, I believe this is the heart that carries us into the next decade. This is the heart that pierces through into humanity and to the brokenness that's around us. People don't need more knowledge. Christians don't need more knowledge. Our neighbours don't need more knowledge. They need to see the true revelation and the, the aspect of humility in our lives. And just that servant's heart that willingness to serve until it hurts, to give until it hurts, and to turn the other cheek continually until it stings, to bless those who persecute you. And believe me, there will be those. There'll be people in, fellow believers that will persecute us or fellow, just people in our families that judge us and persecute us and say mean and horrible things to us. But this is where, where we learn how to serve them by, by turning the other cheek by serving them anyway and loving them anyway. So I just want to encourage us all here this morning, just as we stand at the end of this decade, we stand at the end of this year, and we prepare to go into this next decade. Let's be a people that love unconditionally. Let's just look for him in everything. You know, you're not going to see him in your prosperity. You're not really going to see him 
in, in your properties or your, or your belongings, but you will see him in the kindness of strangers. You'll see him in the kind words of people. Look for him. If you're struggling in life, look for him. Look for that love. Look for, look for him wherever you are. There are. You know, there are always opportunities to see his goodness and his kindness. When we start to see his goodness and his kindness in our own lives, then we start to see him even in the small things. And when, we, when you and I can see him in the small things, and I'm not talking about, you know, so often we, we think faith is transactional. You know, that I see God when he answers my my prayer about my job. I see God when he answers my prayer about this. I see God when he gives me this. And we, it becomes very transactional. When sometimes the kindness and the mercy of God is staring us in the faith, face right in front of us through the kindness, through the, the, the simple things of life that are coming our way. So let's look for, those, for him in those areas because you know what? When we can see those things, then we'll recognize that we can love like that too. We can start to love people like that as well. So when we look for him and everything, we begin to love like him. And we start, to, we start to love sacrificially. We start to love with kindness. And I believe that's the heart of servanthood and leadership. So I feel like this next decade, and we're going to probably speak a little bit more from our hearts over January. And let's learn to be people that, it just flows out of. You know, we've done a whole series on the anointing. We've learned about being commissioned. We've learned about that we've been anointed by God. Well, let's see that put into action just by caring for one another. There are huge needs. You know, I often think there are so many people in this church who could do what I do as a chaplain. We've got so many potential chaplains. Do you know how amazing it is to sit with people who have just had their house burnt down? And the, the privilege, amazing in the sense of a privilege, not a good amazing, but the sense of privilege of sitting there with people who are in shock and to be the arms and the hands and feet of Jesus in that moment. You know, there are many people that could be chaplains. There are many people that could be helping out in different ways. And so we want to really kind of start to empower everyone in this way to find out where their passions are, where their giftings are, where their strengths are. So as we go into this next decade, let's all get mobilized. Let's let the river of God flow out of us. Let's be servants to people. This is my heart. This is Brahm's heart. You know, I just thank God for my husband who is truly a servant and um, he's really taught me how to serve. And ever since I've known him, he's, he's served. And, you know, Brahm was basically treated and abused like a servant by his own extended family. Many of you have heard that story. But what I love about this man is that he didn't linger in that and ponder in that. He actually um, he turned that into a life lesson of how to follow Jesus as, as a servant. And rather than be bitter, he learned from it. So I say, let's, let's go into this next decade. So you see, I didn't preach to you this morning. I'm just sharing, sharing from my heart. Who wants to have that kind of, who wants to see this kind of aspect flowing through their lives? You know what? This is where the greatest joy comes from. When we just begin to give out. I want to say, let's just pray right now. And I'm going to ask God to show us every day how we can respond to him how we can respond to his kindness. It might be something really simple. It might just be, hey, I'm thinking of that person. I'll ring them up and say hi. That might be the kindness and mercy of God to that person that we don't even recognize. 
It might be the next day, it might be praying for someone. The next day, you might see a situation happening in front of you and you become the hands and feet of Jesus helping, helping someone, looking after someone, taking time out of our busy lives. You know, it might be instructing, like even this morning, bringing Lucy to church. And I began to talk to her and teach her about sowing and reaping and how to, how to, and we went through all of that, what that really would look like and what that really meant. You know, if she wanted to get love and kindness from her siblings, then she needed to sow. What did she need to sow to get that? And so, you know, that was me being the hands and feet of Jesus, teaching this little girl. Every one of us has a situation where our lives can be used. You know, Brahma and I would be so bored if we had to retire right now. How do you retire from serving people? You don't, do you? You don't retire from that, do you? We've got pastors sitting in the, almost the front rows. They've taken a back seat. Pastors here, pastors there today. It's true, isn't it? It's this simple, it's this, it's this simple isn't it? It's not about the big theologies. It's not about the big doctrines. In fact, I'm going to ask you up, Stephen. Come and say something about what I've just said. I think we've... Yeah, just, just make a comment for two minutes and then... You come up, I want you to come up too because you're a pastor and you say something as well, just on this aspect. These are people from totally different church backgrounds, but they're about my age. I'm probably younger than them. No, I'm lying. <laughs> and I know these people are probably way more clever than I am theologically, but I'll bet you they're going to say the same thing. <laughs> Not that I'm telling you what to say. I think serving, um, just as a believer, whether you're a pastor or a leader, I think serving uh, your community, um, your friends, your family, your family, you serve always. But there's, um, if you're following in Jesus' footsteps, he taught us servanthood. And I think that that is, is a lifelong thing. And yes, we do have experience in leading churches, leading people, leading communities, but it's, it's following the master who is a servant. So that attitude of laying one's life down always for others and serving where God calls us to serve, that's the important thing. That's beautiful. Awesome. I was going to say something similar. Um, there's this wonderful statement that says there's no such thing as an atheist, someone who doesn't believe in the God that they were taught about. And if we want to know what God's like, exactly what you said, it's Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He said, if you want to know what God's like, God doesn't come amongst us and teach us, this is how you serve me. God came amongst us and said, this is how I serve you. <laughs> That's profound, isn't it? When God did his best, he said, I want to serve you. So he calls us as his people to do the same, to serve like Jesus did, exactly what you said. Oh, I love that. Give these awesome people a hand. <laughs> See, that's maturity speaking right there. Thank you, both of you. You get to our age, after many years of being knocked about by people, People knock you about and they hurt you and they whatever. But what keeps us going, isn't it true, is because we can, we serve. That's the heart that drives us. That's the heart that pushes us. That's the heart that longs to see breakthrough in your lives, in the lives of your neighbours and your friends. That's the heart that wants to get your kids up in kids' life and learning and having an impartation from people who love Jesus. It's really that simple. 
Amen. All right, let's pray. Let's pray as we go into this new year. We end this year. Father, I, I just thank you, Lord. It really is so simple. It's just so simple, Lord. And so, Father, as we go in with this heart of servanthood and, and loving people and giving out and letting that river of God flow through us, Father, I pray that in this next decade there will be an acceleration of the ability to give, the ability to care. But, Lord, not to look for the big titles, not to look for the big statements, but rather, Father, to look for the small things in people's lives. Just like goodness and mercy follows me every day of my life, Lord, and sometimes it's so subtle, but it follows me, Lord. Help me to see that subtlety of bringing that to someone else. And so, Father, I pray for many doors to open in our lives, and I pray that this, we would ponder on this, Lord, that we would think about this between now and the new year and going into next year. And, Father, we would be ready to just look for those moments where we can serve. Father, I pray for marriages. I pray for families. I pray for our children. I pray for our pastors and our leaders. I pray for everyone who has given out. Lord, because they've given and they've given so much, Father. All our service team people, our worship team people. Father, every single person that is, is serving in our church, Lord, they've served, and when they felt like they couldn't serve anymore, they kept serving. Even our Bernadette's up there with the kids, Father, and yet, Lord, she's serving again. Father, we're here because we want to see your blessing flow through our lives, and we want to see your kingdom come on this earth. Father, we want to keep the revelation of God alive, and we do that by being your instruments of service and love, Father. So, Lord, bless these people as we go into this next year and uh let us have an awesome family time now as we gather around food together in jesus name amen that's church <laughs>